Michelle Live podcast. My, 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 my Michelle Live. My Michelle Live. Sports timeout. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun. Here's Michelle. Hey, I am Michelle. Michelle. And I am not alone. Today is sports. This is sports timeout, talking about the sports news of the week. And even getting to a message of inspiration, because there's a lot of inspiration in sports and the God story. If there's a God out there, what's he doing on all of this? What can we learn even from sports stories that could lead us to that deeper story? We're going to find it today. Now, we have a host of guys that join the team to play sports today on our podcast. I'm going to introduce you to the guys at hand. We have with us the man who authored this book, which is a absolute must pick up for the holidays, uh, for a gift for anyone who loves to read, anyone who's into sci-fi and maybe even finding the God story in it. You'll want to pick up Breaking Yesterday. Absolutely phenomenal book. I want to introduce you to the author who is also taking some time to uh, do sports today, Brent. Author, photographer, Brent R. Baker. With us, the man who wrote Thunder Sports Network, co-authored it. He is a veteran sports reporter, and we lovingly refer to him as the Encyclopedia of All Sports. Encyclopedia Rich. The Encyclopedia. Uh-huh, indeed. He's a pastor. He is a coach. He's a player. He's a chaplain, and he's an all-around cool guy, Garrick Payne. Get ready to get. Hey, Reverend, you could have just said amen. Amen. Somebody say amen. It is time for sports. Sports. Sports, 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 all the way. Welcome, guys, as we take on uh getting to the end of the year of 2021 a little less weird than 2020 and i wonder if i wonder if times athlete of the year epitomizes the weirdness and the 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 place we're at in sports i want to talk to you about the choice of time magazines sports figure of the year now to set this up they are people just like times person of the year people that they feel they had that had the greatest influence on sports in the last 12 months and see if you agree with time that that distinction goes to simone biles now while simone you know her as a, an athlete as a gymnast they say she's a goat, the greatest of all time in women's uh, artistic <laughs> gymnastics. She's developed <clears throat> even four <clears throat> skills that are named after her. And she did, after all, blow away the competition in the Olympics. Well, at least 2016, uh, maybe not this year. This year, she opted to bow out of four of her scheduled events in the 2021 Olympics. So that's exactly why time decided to honor her. They thought that was awesome. Uh, shining a light on mental health and et cetera, et cetera. So guys, let's weigh in on this as we get to the end of 2021. 20, the one person that had the most influence on sports, Simone Biles? Uh, no, and I can hear the crickets in the background backing me up and it's not buddy holly in the crickets it's just crickets it's just uh, crickets hey let, let's take a moment and get josh joshua mcmillan is joining us as well he's a little late to the game but better late than never joshua mcmillan we lovingly refer to as our wookie wookie of the year josh mcmillan hey josh as you're as you're jumping in here i'm gonna throw you right into the lion's den time magazine 
nominated or, or gave the award to athlete of the year, the person who had the most influence on sports in 2021. And that goes to Simone Biles. What do you think? Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, the the, the hesitation. Another, <laughs> another cricket just entered the room. Thank you very much, Josh. Yeah. I, I mean, good for her, I guess. I mean, I guess I think I see where they're coming from with the whole like mental health aspect of her wanting to make sure that she's right mentally. So I, I, I understand where they're coming from, I guess, but think about it for a minute there, but it, it still seems a little, I don't know, a little, little odd to me. They also cited her, uh, her speaking out uh, against uh, Larry Nassar, who was the uh, sexually abusive doctor Um along with her mental health issues that, she, hey, she's bringing light to mental health issues and, you know, athletes don't have to be Superman. And I think there's a point to that, as you mentioned, Josh, but the other point is everybody has things that they overcome. That's why sports stories, we're going to be seeing the release of American Underdog, which is the Kurt Warner story. He was an underdog as well. The beauty of sports is not the people who fail it's the people who persevere because that's what we yeah. all need we all are playing our own game of life and we all need that perseverance brent well you know i guess they can give their awards to whoever they want and yeah, so you we know can without criticize without knowing we without knowing without knowing what their criteria are it's hard to say well they should have given it to her or should have not as far as as simone biles herself goes i mean i think you know, on one hand, I had mixed feelings about her bowing out of, of all of these different events. And I understand the ones, uh, you know, where they talked about getting the twisties where, yeah. okay, if she's not right in the head, um, then yeah, the maybe you shouldn't do that. like something bullies I, it's give gotta, you in, it, in grade school, right? They take it you has, to the bathroom you know, and give you the twisties. Well, part, part of the thing is we run into terms that are common within the sport. And if you're not really into gymnastics, you're not getting, oh, the twisties, ha, 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 you know. I do think uh, uh, in her, not necessarily about the award, but as far as what I can see as how she goes, we've had athletes talk about mental health issues, but we haven't had too many of them talk about their personal mental health issues when they were basically at the top of their sport. So we haven't had a lot of talk from Tom Brady about that. I think, I think that's you know, very it, good. Uh, and, having that conversation. So yeah. Regardless, regardless of the award. I mean, I think that, these are conversations that we need to have more effectively than we have. And that's um, great. We should have that conversation, but the so honor as far as the award goes, I mean, so I, I, I'm kind of drawing a blank. I'm trying to draw, I'm kind of drawing a blank here, but maybe who are some other people who in this past year you feel had a, a, an outsized or, or major impact on sports as a whole? The well, most Tom, Tom Brady won another, Tom, Tom Brady won another Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. and and he so, was actually Sports Illustrated named him as their their sports person of the year. Yeah, but his politics aren't right, and you know maybe maybe yeah, but usually for Sports Illustrated, that Naomi usually, Osaka who decided yeah. that she couldn't handle talking to the press. I don't know. For I, I wanted to get your thoughts, Garrick. Yeah, well, I I feel like, I mean, given who we are in our world today, it's not really surprising that Simone Biles would 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 uh, win that award from Time Magazine. Um, it doesn't surprise me. And it is somewhat an arbitrary award it, to a degree, as Brenton was pointing out. I mean, we don't know exactly what their criteria are <clears throat> for for their decision. And, and because she's a person of color, a female athlete, um, she check, truly does check. compete at the top of her game. Yeah, she checks she all the, the right boxes. <laughs> Um, and I mean, what, what she and the others overcame in terms of the sexual abuse, um, I mean, I think that's, that, that's significant too. So it's very significant. I, I, I do not want to downplay any of that guys. Um, yeah. the mental health issues, dealing with those mental health issues, Brent, you mentioned getting that conversation going, that's outstanding. But to say you are the, the most, uh, uh influential 
athlete of the entire year is is a little bit head scratching. And as you say, Rich, it's a bit of a and, and Josh cricket, cricket, cricket. But Time Magazine also, <laughs> you, if you remember a couple years back, uh, named uh, Caitlyn Jenner woman of the year. And that reminds me of another <laughs> news story. This no, she week. hadn't even been woman for a year at that point. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> Which is just uh, goes to show men do everything better, right? Be more of a woman than in, in less than a year than the rest of us have been for the rest of our lives. <laughs> Yeah, well, oh. they were making a statement that men do everything better, including being a woman. <laughs> that was their Ooh. point. But, 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 me... how about, but if you think about someone like Tom Brady, I mean, what is the impact? I mean, professional football. And if you're not a football fan, then so what? Right? Okay, so, so I'm not a I mean, uh, gym, that, I'm that not can a be, gymnastics well, fan, so what? Right. And, and so that's why I think there's a subjective nature to, to their decision. So. Okay, that's fair enough. But as I was well, saying, the whole, the whole, no, let, let's move on to this, this story in the interest of time, because this is a big story this week as well. Uh, UPenn swimmer, who's 22, destroying her rivals. Thing is, um, she also spent a couple of years competing as a male. Leah Thomas smashed two U.S. swimming records at Akron, Ohio. Okay. Thomas previously competed for the school's men's team, actually three years, I believe, for three years before joining the women's team. Um, NCAA rules dictate that any trans female can take part in women's events if they've completed, uh, completed a year of testosterone suppression treatment. But he, it, she's been, she is competing with professional, well, high level astounding athletes in, in breaking records and pretty much the uh, background. I want to give this to you before getting your thoughts on this of an anonymous, an anonymous teammate said, you know what? Everyone individually has spoken to our coaches about not liking this, but coaches just want to win basically is what she said. Um, when the team gets together, they make you go, Oh yay, Leah, this is great. You're amazing. But it's all fake. It's reminiscent of FC Dallas, uh, 15 year old boys, uh, beating the u.s women's national team <laughs> in a score five to two you know we again we're seeing politics and political correctness affect sports now go ahead rich well what i'm gonna what i'm gonna say is what i've said when we brought up this issue before this is just an assault on women's sports and if men had any real character they would not allow this assault on women's sports because this obliterates title nine. It obliterates all the strides that actual women's sports has made. It obliterates Billie Jean King beating Bobby Riggs, putting a, putting a spotlight on that very famous tennis match. You know, but Bobby Riggs might not have taken it seriously, but Billie Jean King did in their early 1970s. And the women's professional tennis tour has her to thank for everything that that they've been ever ever been able to do. And uh, I'm sure the first person that would thank Billie Jean King would be Serena Williams. Serena Williams is one of the best women's athletes in the entire world, in the entire history of women's sports. And without the validation, the true validation of women's sports, that doesn't happen. And this is an assault on that. It is. It is. It's. I was astounded at this news story, and across the board, we're seeing this again and again and again. Josh. Yeah. Well, one thing I've kind of learned is to not take a lot of these magazine things too seriously when they, you know, they talk about like who's who's best or who did this or that. I mean, come on, guys. Anthony Fauci was nominated for sexiest people. Uh, sexiest man alive in people magazine so you know at a certain point it's just people being people and you just gotta ignore them and move on <laughs> you know like all right with i that, think that was the breaking on. point for I, me i was like okay all right we're done here i had a I good would... run 
I think with that, we'll move on. There were some difficult <laughs> deaths in sports this week. Uh, former Denver Broncos wide receiver Demarius Thompson uh, was found dead in his home. He's only 33 years old. There was a 911 call. Um, they went in, they found him dead in the shower. The thought is that it is likely seizures. Um, sadly, Al Unser, senior, a four-time winner of the Indianapolis 500, dies. He's 82. And then, of course, the death of Medina Spirit. The thoroughbred who won the Kentucky Derby in May, but then failed the post-race drug test. The horse was out doing routine workout just Monday at the racetrack and then collapsed of a heart attack. So some uh, strange and sad deaths in the sports world. Anyone want to want to take on any of those? Well, it just shows how short life is and we do have a chance to make an impact. And I hope that all those, you know, that all the individuals mentioned um, knew Christ. Including Medina Spirit. Well, that's part of God's creation. So we need to honor it. So we need to honor that. And, and that doesn't help the, let's talk about Medina Spirit for a second. That is another, once again, black eye on the sport of horse racing because he died of a heart attack, so now we're going to get into possible ramifications of that. Did that happen for any particular reasons? That's just not a I good look. Do you think it was part? I mean, it's likely it could be because I, of of the drugs used to en enhance uh, performance. Try not to speculate, but I but I'll say once again, it just doesn't uh, make for a good look for horse racing because. It seems like every time there's a story about horse racing, it has a negative connotation, Brent. Well, yeah, I, the, there's definitely some things I, I, I would be interested in learning about what happened with Medina Spirit. So I don't know what kind of ops, autopsy will be done, but that, you know, I think people, especially when you consider how much money goes on the line for those things, people are owed an explanation for what happened. And my there. question is, um, was as he far vaccinated? As, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, as far as, as Demarius Thomas, um, you know, I very don't know, sad. very sad. Yes. I mean, he's 33 years old. Um, and you know, what I've read about him, very few people have like, I mean, he was like a hall of fame level receiver, five-time uh, pro bowler, five-time pro bowler, but I've hardly read anyone talking about his, what he did on the football field. Almost everything has been what a great person he was, how much, um, he meant not just to teammates, but how much he connected with like the, the families and the kids of his teammates. Um, just so, you know, so he impacted a lot of people, used his platform in all the right ways. And just a, a really, really sad loss and a big loss to, yeah. uh, personally to people all across the game. Yeah, it's, it is sad. Yeah, I so, mean, a little homage. To every, yeah, everyone has talked about like you mentioned they've talked about things like how he lights up a room and the things that he's been through as a kid you know he was i think it was 11 years old when he started helping put food on the table for his siblings because of what happened with his parents there's just story after story of things that he's done things that he's overcome and how he didn't let that affect him at all and how he instead rose above it and lifted the people around him up even more wow. and did a lot for the people in his community. So yeah, big, big shout out to him. You know, rest in peace, my man. That is, you're sorely missed. Yeah. Good people like that. And a reminder that like, like you said, Rich, life is short. Uh, think about your eternal destiny and think about how that affects your day to day walk. Um, uh, Eric, are you going to be watching the cup tomorrow? MLS cup, the, uh, Portland twigs and New York city will be. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not sure if I, if I will watch the kindling match or not. Um, it, I, I, I may turn it on, but, uh, you know, New York has only beaten, um, Portland once uh, in six contests um, 
Portland has a five to one advantage in that regard. And so I'm really hoping that, that, uh, that it'll be a good game that, because, you know, New York, I mean, they've, they've, they've proven themselves this year and, and I'd love to see them be Portland, of course, as of a course Seattle we fan. would Because we're from, you know, you and I, we're from Seattle. So uh, we're Sounders fans. You were once the chaplain for the Seattle Sounders. Um, you know what is very interesting for anyone who's maybe not a MLS or a soccer fan? Um, the Portland uh, Twigs, okay, yeah, they're the Timbers. Uh, and the Seattle Sounders have a, a, an interesting thing going on with the MLS Cup in the last seven years. Either Portland or the Sounders have gone to the Cup final. That's amazing to me. It really is amazing to me. And uh, we've kind of followed the same kind of pattern, and which would be a win, don't go the next year, win, win uh, or go, go there, don't, don't win, and then win. If you follow the pattern, if it's completed, Portland would win. Uh, and if they don't, I'll rejoice. So there you go. I don't have much more to say about that. I literally opted out of uh, going down and covering it for press because I thought, no, you know, I, uh, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> At any rate, uh, let's move. Let's move on to uh, some football, the other kind of football. I wanted to talk about uh, college ball. It's been crazy interesting. We're going to talk about the coaches shuffle in just a moment. But first, uh, Bama. Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, all going uh, to the playoffs. Um, Bryce Young is the Associated Press College Football Player of the Year. Crimson Tide, it's their second consecutive winner. Uh, so some some big things there, guys. It's going to be a real Final Four. I think this is going to be a legitimate college football playoff. And Cincinnati finally gets its due after two undefeated seasons back-to-back. Uh, Luke Fickle's gonna gonna go up against Alabama. I don't know if Cincinnati can withstand that, but it's gonna. But I think Cincinnati's gonna give them a good run for their money. Yeah. Well, it's it's great to finally have that breakthrough team from the group of five get in, rather than you know like the same. Seems like we've had like the same four out of the same five teams for about seven years. It feels like, um, but have having a team that's not from one of the Power Five conferences finally overcome you know committee bias and everything else, they really got to a point where, where they could not be ignored and they could not be locked out. I know um, it's going to be entertaining. It, it, it kind of sickens me to have Alabama jump up to the top spot yet again, <laughs> but they um, did beat, they did beat Georgia. They, did, they beat Georgia badly. You know, they were seconds away the previous week against Auburn from being knocked out of the playoff altogether. And so you have 60, 60 minutes and 30 seconds that can that change them for me out of the playoff to the number one seed, which is pretty, I think that says a lot about this college football season where there really isn't a clear favorite. You've got like week to week, just about anything can happen. And in a lot of cases, anything has. So I am really hoping that we get a, a compelling playoff and not, not a series of blowouts again, as has happened often. Well, right. I think the, uh, I'll say it again. I, Alabama better take Cincinnati seriously. Yeah. Because they they will do some they will do something. Luke Fickle knows how to coach in big games, has a pedigree from Ohio State. He'll probably be the Ohio could be the next Ohio State coach at, at some point if he okay. keeps doing what he's doing at Cincinnati. Um I mean Cincinnati's I'll just say it again. Cincinnati's earned it. Two back to back undefeated seasons. I mean, one undefeated season should have been should have been enough, not two. And we know how this all the voting and all this plays out. I was so waiting for for Notre Dame to make a last second leapfrog there, just because. <laughs> well, you uh, well. mentioned coaches. <laughs> I wanted to talk a bit about some of the coaching shuffles that are going on, uh, and there's there's quite a lot happening um mario cristobal is leaving the ducks football program for the hurricanes uh, the ducks are bringing back chip kelly as the or they want to let's 
they, they want to, right, they want to. And I, th I think it's going to happen. Uh, uh, University of Washington has uh, coach shakeups and they're making some decisions. Um, Grambling State hires ex-NFL head coach Hugh Jackson for their football program. And then, and, and we can talk about any of those things, fellas, uh, the Wolverines, Jim Harborough, it was named the AP College Football Coach of the Year. You mentioned Hugh Jackson, and then you said Wolverine. I said, wait, isn't that Hugh Jackman? <laughs> uh, now, yeah. that's a football program. Come on. That's great. Well, that's great. It's significant that Harbaugh wins AP Coach of the Year. First time in 17 years that Michigan has won the Big Ten, has won the Big Ten title. They finally and a get birth into in the, the college football playoff birth in the college football playoff and he finally gets the monkey off his back against Ohio state. I think that's the biggest, uh, well, I feather think the, in his cap, the other feather in his cap will be, you know, he took a pay cut this, to keep his job this last year. And I think that, um, I think that'll probably get changed here in the near future. Um, you know, and I, I am not a big Harbaugh fan, but at the same time, you know, I I've seen some things where he's, you know, that he's had some assistance that have lost time due to COVID and lost pay. And he's used some of his incentives money to, um, to pay them some more. Um, and yeah, they had a lot of pressure on them. Uh, he had a lot of pressure on him uh, with not, not only not beating Ohio state, but really not winning in any big game that they've had um, until this year. And this year, yeah, they got it done. They're in the playoff and, uh, now they get to take on a really angry Georgia team, I think. So it'll be interesting. To Can see I put something there. else in here? You mentioned monkey on his back. And then I was thinking about that story. It was the Texas Longhorns assistant coach. Uh, <laughs> girl, His girlfriend is getting sued because she brought a monkey to a Christmas party, a bit of little kids, something like that. I don't know. I just had to throw that one in. It just kind of fits with the state of Texas football. College, li college <laughs> okay. life. There's nothing else like it. Hey, but you have to give Baylor credit for uh, for winning the Big 12. So congrats to uh, Baylor. That's true. No and one saw that coming. A lot of them, a lot of people were picking them to finish at the bottom of their conference. So. Uh, that was that was pretty it's a fun. Yeah, it was a yeah. fun result. Um, this one's for Josh. You know, uh, Josh is a Sooner Boomer and Oklahoma has reportedly found their new coach uh, after Lincoln Riley departed. Um, Sooners are supposedly going to be hiring uh, Clemson defense coordinator Brent Venables. From, so that's all cool and everything. But. Um, there's another story that you might like, Josh, out of uh, Oklahoma State Senate. One of the senators, Bill Coleman, wants to rename a three inch portion of the tiniest section of the most desolate highways in Oklahoma after after Coach Riley, uh, who bolt, he said bolted in the middle of the night for sunnier skies, uh, this rep, this this senator said this is only fitting, as this is the last three inches one sees before leaving our great state to head west. <laughs> what say you, Josh? Josh oh, has man, nothing to it. say. Where are you? There you are. The libertarian will really like how much money they spend on a sign to put up there. The tax, the tax money. <laughs> right. Well, if the senator can use his own his own money to put it up, that would be right, right. preferable in that regard. But <laughs> I, I think it's a hilarious move. Uh, you know, that's that's great. I, I am confused. Like, I still don't understand. Like, why would you want to leave that school? Like, Oklahoma is such a good school and such a prestigious football program it just seems silly to that he moved i don't know well you know, it, sh it shows a lack of respect for the big 12 and i yeah. and i think that really had him had a lot to do with it and or was it fear of the sec right <laughs> could be could be but riley thinks he has a better chance this is my opinion i think he, riley thinks that he has a better chance of winning a national championship at usc rather than oklahoma uh, yeah, could, I think the other thing that'll be interesting how he adjusts because Oklahoma, you can pretty much run your own show there. There's, I mean, it's not hmm. got the, uh, 
you don't have the the high level celebrity culture and all that kind of yeah. stuff going on yeah. there. And at USC, um, everybody wants a piece of that pie. So it'll be interesting to see how he how he the boosters, the alumni, which I know Oklahoma has its football alumni, but they're not quite the same. They're not Snoop Dogg on the sidelines. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's, you know, Pete Carroll thrived there at, at USC because of his personality and, and just how open he had an open door practically, um, which may have contributed to his program getting in a little trouble there. But um, Lincoln Riley has not been that way. So it'll be really interesting to see how he fits into the culture there. Yeah, it'll, it'll be an interesting 2021-2022 uh, 20, rather uh, season. Uh, twenty twenty one college football postseason All American team by ESPN. Rich, lots of different people, and but we've same usual suspects. A lot of guys from Georgia, a lot of guys from Alabama. I think they got it. I think they got it right though, with uh, pretty much all the way spread. Pretty much teams from all over uh, spread around well there uh, you go and that wasn't based on politics or poli you know the political <laughs> leaning color of your skin um though uh now uh this just came to mind it wasn't it wasn't on my list to talk about but uh, we're seeing more and more of this it's coming to uh mls club near you requirements for color for coaching and then soon the head the front office uh so it's affirmative action essentially you have to have so many candidates you have to so when did, when is that going to translate to the field josh uh well, there already is more people of color playing in football. So. Yeah, but when are we going to require it? When is it? Because now it's going to be a requirement for. Uh, well, are we going to require a certain amount of white people to be on the field? Is that we're going to make sure that we have like an equity there? No, so no I, because the white I people don't that, matter. Apparently, I. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I've I've always thought that this <laughs> thing is ridiculous. It's I understand the spirit of what they want to do. Yes, but I feel like it is it's not an effective way to do things. I mean, I've mentioned before, like I want the best person for the job, regardless of color, regardless of religion. You know, I, I bring up the analogy a lot of if I'm dying and I need surgery, I, I don't want someone in the job because like, you know, they're giving it to them because they had to get a head count of someone who is black or Asian or whatever, you know, I want someone who is the best. And oftentimes, I mean, and a doctor, especially most of the top doctors are Asians because they're incredibly in intelligent. Like people come from Japan all the time and they spend a lot on their education. It's um, their, and it's part of their culture. The is, yeah. There are top doctors that are, are black and white and everything, but I want the best, no matter who it is, no matter what the color is. I don't care what your politics are. I don't care what your religion is. It, it should be agnostic to all that. Yeah. And, and it's creeping into every area of life, um, into our legal system. And I, I mean, uh, the uh, Massachusetts um, circuit court just had a judge that was promoted to a position and she, justice is supposed to be blind. And I think um, sports should be that way as well in terms of um, who's in what roles. Now, certainly, as Josh pointed out, I, I appreciate the sentiment behind what they're trying to do. Right, because, because Derek, has, you don't want to been... shut people out because of their color, or because exactly. of their race, or because exactly. of their politics. But it should be a meritocracy, and 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 that's that's what I really, especially as a person of color, I don't ever ever want to be in a position because of the color of my skin. It, it's like, no, I want it because I am, as Josh said, shit, Josh said. Say that ten times. Um, it's it's based on my qualifications and the fact that I earned it and I worked for it. Well, stuff like this just cheapens the accomplishments of uh, Jackie Robinson and the accomplishments of Je Jesse Owens and everyone else who's broken a barrier. It cheapens that because those pe those individuals earned that and proved that you cannot. Real equality is not equity. Real equality is not equity. That's why this equity idea does not does not work. It's the exact opposite of what is intended. 
We'll put it's it's very true, and sports plays it out beautifully. Uh, something else in sports too. We were talking about college sports. EA Sports Electronic Arts has a new release date for their college football game. Uh, they're going for twenty twenty three, but uh, the original game didn't supposedly use. Well, they didn't use players' names, but they copied the players' jersey numbers, skin colors, skill sets, and so there was a pretty you knew much. Who con- it was. Yeah, you knew who it was. And so um, they were kind of canceled. They had to pay, I don't know, something around, was it like $60 million to athletes who appeared in the game? Um, Now they're going to be adding this new video game. And they're still, now with some of the changes in the rules, I'm kind of wondering if we're going to see players' names on jerseys and payers paid, paid rather than. that's that's obviously the next the next step and the name that's why the name imaging and licensing rules are so important see because mm-hmm. because all those kids when uh so-and-so scores a touchdown in ea sports in 2023 uh that's going to earn them a earn them a few dollars as well it should yeah oh and did you hear that ea sports also they're going to be adding women's teams to uh NHL video games. And I think that's really great too, because again, women have fought hard for recognition in sports to and, and anything you can do to propel that. I absolutely love it. Are we going to see men on those teams though? Huh? Well, here's the question. If you match up a women's team against an NHL team, do they have their players programs such that the results would be realistic or are they going to be made to look like they have equal physical capacity out yeah. there on the ice? <laughs> is, well, this the think, politi- is this the politically correct version? I think this is a great question, but I also think it's going back to what Michelle said. Uh, women's international hockey has made great strides. Oh, yeah. And the, and the U.S. team and the Canadian team have a great rivalry. This is another way to popularize women's hockey all I the way that. around. <clears throat> so I think, it's a, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a great thing. Yeah, uh, our whole equity and thinking that we are the same is a de- though, as you were mentioning, uh, Brent, is a detriment to women. Um, there's been some studies on the concern of some of the things that we see on television and movies about women fighting men, you know, women superheroes or women cops that are taking on men. You can evade, you can uh, get away, but one blow from a guy, man, <laughs> it's, it is quite different uh, 90% of the time. And, and we're not protecting women as we should and setting up protections by being realistic. Um, and I guess that's just a side note that is neither here nor there. What is here is football let's talk a little nfl um you guys excited about how things are shaping up well as as seahawks fans as most of us are here i would say no (laughs) yeah but last week's game game was pretty cool yeah they had a good game but it was like watching a little bit of magic come back yeah i do think though that as the as it is fun to see. There's a lot of parody this year, um, and or a lot of mediocrity, depending on how you. It depends uh, on how you. Depends, you know, that's that kind of goes hand in hand. If you have a if you have an awesome team, people aren't going to challenge them, right? So I think there's a lot of unpredictability. You know, anytime you turn a game on, as far as what can happen, even within a game. I mean, last yeah. night, you know, the Vikings and the Steelers game. I mean, I actually turned it off because Minnesota was up 29 nothing, And to find out that basically the Steelers had a chance to tie the game. And if not for for uh, one of uh, their Mr. receivers, Claypool. Mr. Claypool decided. Oh, oh to- I've got that clip. Do you guys want to see that? That is wild. Um, it was. Well, which, converted which, a which four, he converted a fourth <laughs> and one catch at the 34 yeah. yard line with something like 37, 38 seconds left on the clock. He took time to celebrate the play instead of rushing the ball back to the official. Um, Tria Turner went over, grabbed the ball, 
Um, but bumped into Claypool as, as he's doing it, the ball falls to the ground, uh, tight end picks. It. I mean, forget you know, it. They wa- he wasted about, to me, a good just watch 10, it. about a good 10 seconds. Yeah. yeah. Take, take, uh, take just it's like I said, we can see anything. <laughs> Let's just watch that for a second. I'm putting it up on the screen. This was crazy. Pass caught by Claypool, first down, clock running. And it may come up and clock it now. There it goes. They got it. Now the balls, they, they, they can't get the ball to the official. He's trying to scramble to get it set. And the ball's still running. And that stops the clock with 24 seconds. And then, and then of course, the QB spikes it on the next play. But what the heck? Seriously, did you yeah. see that one? I, 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 that was crazy. I, the other thing I wanted to say is I think uh, Bill Belichick further cemented himself as an all-time evil genius um, <laughs> with his game plan against Buffalo on on Monday. And they ran the ball 49 times and passed it back. And, you know, Buffalo puts 10 in the box, and New England still pulls off that win. And Their offensive I, line is amazing. It is. And, and the guts to do that. Um, you know, but what can you say? I mean, I I resent the long-term success as a fan, but you can only kind of tip your hat to him. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Uh, Garrick, Josh, you want to you wanna weigh in on NFL this week? Yeah, well, you know, for Seahawks, there's still a chance, guys. There's a chance. It's 4% there's a 4% chance. There's a 4% chance. 4%. 4%. You know, it went up we after blame, this we win this last week. It went that. up from 2% to 4%. So, yes, Josh, you're technically yeah. correct. Thank well, you. Well, you know, I think there's more of a chance than, than you want to believe here. Uh, Especially with Davis but, Mills at quarterback for the Houston Texans this, yeah. this week. Yeah. Okay. No, we have... We have three games that uh, if we don't win all three of those games, then we do have some serious problems to to talk about and probably some serious solutions because uh, these are three games coming up against three of the worst, not just teams, but franchises in the NFL. Poorly run franchises with systemically uh, bad managers, coaches, players. They just don't know what to do and they can't get themselves together so we should absolutely beat the first three the last two you got division games against arizona and la arizona and la have been good this year uh, but it's a division game and you always throw record out the window for games like that i mean heck there's been there's plenty of times when jeff fisher with his rams got his boys up to to take us on in when we were playing at our very best during our super bowl years because it's a division game. You know that opponent. You play hard against them in a rivalry game, no matter what the schedule is on either side of that ball. And as we see, and I was really encouraged by the game last week where it looked good. And one of the things that I saw from Russell Wilson that I hadn't seen for a while was he was, he was getting rid of the ball. He was, he was taking the short pass. He was taking the medium pass. He wasn't just waiting and waiting for the deep ball every time. You can't wait for that every time. You give them too much time to get after you. But no, he took the he took the dump outs. He took the quick passes. I saw a lot of good things there. Um, and Adrian Peterson is now a Seahawk. So I don't. Oh yeah, you know, I, know I forgot he's, he's older, about that story. And did uh, you hear? <laughs> there, there was a news story too. You know, Russell Wilson his uh, contract expires at the end of the 2022 season, and uh, but uh, reportedly Wilson is trying to kind of downplay rumors. Um, According to a report, he would consider waiving his no trade clause for Broncos, for the Giants, for the Saints. But Wilson said on Thursday that he hopes he stays in Seattle for 20 years. So I don't know. We we started. I'm not taking. I'm not taking my reports from Howard Schultz's son because that's where that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a sports show. That's where it came from, and I. There are far more legitimate outlets that I would have a lot more concern if the reports came out of that. It also is unlike Russell to come straight out and, and refute a report like that too. That was that was kind of different from him because yeah, like you know the the rumors over the over the winter and he didn't really say anything, but this one this one he was like you know that day he was nope. on it he was yeah. on it 
Yeah. So. Well, I think part of it, like we know who his voices are. I mean, Colin Cowherd is the national is basically the voice of Russell Wilson, uh, or at least Mark Rogers. I think a lot of the things he says are more Mark Rogers than Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson allows it because it's his agent. He's probably told just shut up and, and let me get this stuff out so I can get you paid. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, I put, I put, Maybe one percent less chance than the Seahawks allegedly have making the playoffs is the legitimacy <laughs> I put to that report. Okay, well, you heard all, it here, I, my friends. You well, heard with, it ev- here. with everything going on with the Seahawks franchise, Jamal, uh, Jamal uh, getting Adam. hurt. Adam's yeah. getting hurt yeah. this week. Oh. Uh, now we shoulder and hear, thi- it, hear it, things. Shoulder about, right. Uh, rotator cuff and rotator labrum. Cuff having surgery having Out surgery for, again yeah, for the season and then you've got then you've got the things with the whole coaching staff um jody allen you have to wonder how involved is she going to be she apparently doesn't like some of the things that are going on but this is going to be her number one issue because whether she does something with the coaching or something involves russell wilson she's going to set the course of this franchise for the longest t- you know, possible near future time period. And so there's a lot of decisions that need to be made and Seahawks really need to concentrate on football, not rumors off the, off the uh, supposed internet, even though the internet is sort of a thing. It's sort of a thing. Uh, In the interest of time, I want to give Josh a moment to celebrate baseball. I'm Um, ready Or I could be elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame with uh, Gil Hodges, Minnie Minoso, uh, Buck O'Neill. Josh, you're our resident uh, baseball guy. Take it on. Yeah, so we're still slogging through the lockout, which is really upsetting. And man, we've, we've, we've said it before. I'll say it again and again and again. Major League Baseball has to get its stuff together, man. Like, how exciting was the early part of this offseason here? Is that we're having this flurry of activity. People are really go, 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 getting people signed. And it was on fire. There was some interest in it. And it was it was buzzing. And now here we are, and we might not have anything until February. I mean, look, baseball struggles with an audience. It, it, it I love baseball. And there is actually a a lot more youth engagement than um you might think with with baseball but if you want people to be interested in your sport you want people to love your sport get your stuff together figure this stuff out do a continuation or something so we can keep on having this buzz while you have the talk stop squabbling over silly silly points and you know sit down have a conversation why does it take you what you know months years to have these conversations when you could just you could sit down and hash them out and really get through them, or we're just going to sit here and wait for the other side to crack and see who cracks first. It's ridiculous, it's childish, and it's so unhealthy for the sport. And it's just another example, like their uh, their rewards, awards at the end of the season. There's no to-do, there's no fanfare about it. In fact, they release it in the middle of primetime football. It's like they don't want people (laughs) to care about the sport. They don't want people do you think that's it or do you think that they're so arrogant that they think and self-important that they think everyone cares about that and nothing else well it goes back to the to the history of baseball at one point in time and josh will back me up on this baseball was america's pastime because the national football league and pro football did not exist in the 1960s if we look at television ratings major league baseball was number one and the National Football League and the NBA have completely switched that paradigm around. That was the age when they would flip away from an NFL game for the Heidi movie, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That and notice that only ha- notice that only happened once. Yep. <laughs> for somebody to fi- for somebody to figure out that that was not the not greatest, a good idea. <laughs> not the greatest thing in the world. But if you but if you look at the way um sports on television has evolved major league baseball has always been the last on that train 
Okay. The la the last one on now, that train. Some of us live in the Seattle area. Our <clears throat> our newspaper, our main newspaper covers the Mariners to the detriment of all other sports. You know, the the Sounders could be in the cup and they'll get, you know, maybe a half a page mentioned somewhere in the sports section. Um, we can have uh, Major League Rugby that goes all the way to the finals a couple of years in a row and they're brand new. They get a little bitty blip. It doesn't matter, you know, so there's still some vestiges of places that still worship baseball, but I think think that mindset is exactly what is contributing to the problem that Josh is mentioning. There it is. And as you, and as you mentioned, Michelle, you know, with those hall of fame nominations that you just read off, how many P how many people really paid attention to that story, this, that story this week? I mean, I put that on there because of what it was not because of the way it, is portray is portrayed how many people know today who gil hodges is or buck o'neill buck o'neill who was very instrumental in the knee in the negro leagues and the negro leagues a baseball museum in kansas city yeah. how many people know about those things and they should and they should this is something that you can make a a movie out of they're they're fascinating stories but they are going under the radar and that's something that uh, we address we address it here uh, and something that uh, major league baseball is going to have to get a handle on it's time for us to take our final shot where we mention something an issue sometimes sports related sometimes not uh in quick succession it's our final, final shot, shot. All right, Brent R. Baker, you're first. So we haven't, we haven't talked a lot, talked much college basketball this week, but man, last, last night uh -huh. there was a kid who got to live every kid's dream, uh, Ron Harper Jr. from Rutgers. Um, if you haven't seen the highlights of their game against Pittsburgh, you got to see the end of this. It's like, because I can remember growing up, I would practice taking half court shots in the driveway, all that kind of stuff. And uh, so Rutgers was playing number one Purdue and Purdue scored with three and a half seconds to go in the game. The Rutgers had no timeouts and they got the ball into to Ron Harper Jr. who's the son of a former NBA player, pretty good former NBA player. And he ran the ball up court, stepped across half line, half court, set it loose and drained the buzzer beater. And, you know, it's just like, if you, if you grew up playing basketball, you dreamed of having that moment. So it was just, you know, even though I could have cared less about who won that game, it was just awesome to watch that. Did, did you watch the game? I saw the end of it. I didn't see the whole game, but yeah, it was just like, oh, I'm my trying gosh, to, I'm trying to see really if I happened. can find it because I think it's <laughs> it's worth it's actually worth the watch. Um I mean, just astounding, but no, I, I can't find it in this short length of time. That's okay. Uh let's go to Rich Hallstrom. Well. Another great star of the gridiron passed away this week with a local uh, uh, nod and a local connection. Husky football running back George Fleming, member of the 1960 and 61 Rose Bowl championship teams, back-to-back 10-1 seasons. They, they defeated both uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin in those games. Those are legendary games in Husky history. He is a member of the Husky football Husky hall of fame and the Rose bowl hall of fame. He played for the Oakland Raiders and the Winnipeg blue bombers of the Canadian football league, but he's most well known for his involvement in local politics as a representative. And one of the very first people to get behind the civil rights movement. He died this week at the age of 83 survived by his wife, two daughters and five grandchildren, wow. George Fleming rest in peace. Rest in peace. Joshua, final shot. So my final shot will be a quick one because I got to run here. But the uh, some good news, bad news. During the lockout, minor league transactions still go through, and we still had the Rule 5 draft. And in the third round, the Mariners select Tommy Wilson, which might not recognize the name, uh, but that is the son of Biff from Back to the Future. 
So Tommy Wilson, officially a Seattle Mariner for like 10 minutes, right? A few hours. Yeah. And then he got traded to the Orioles and he made uh, like a tree. And, and, uh, but what was, got, what was that joke? He oh, got biffed. Son of Biff, son of Biff was a Mariner for a time. So <laughs> put that on your sports trivia bingo card for years down the road. <laughs> I like it. There you go. Garrick. Well, some of you, if you're golf fans, um, there there used to be this tournament um, called the Father-Son Championship, and um, they now call it the PNC yeah. Tournament, which is great because it includes uh, family members, uh, not just fathers and sons. And I, my shout-out goes to a family. This is a really cool family because um, they're out of Australia, and uh, Nellie Corda is going to play in this tournament with her father, uh, Peter. Um, and their family originally comes from the Czech Republic. The dad and mom were both professional tennis players. She has a, um, a sister who's also a pro golfer and a brother who's, he's, I, I can't remember exactly what her brother did, but, but he's an, a professional athlete as well. So just an incredible athletic family and, um, you know, just a great story about, you know, their whole lives and things like that. So, so Nellie Corda, Corda and her dad, Peter, uh, good luck in, in the, uh, the PNC championship. There you go. Tiger Woods is going to be playing uh, with. Yeah, that's right. Ti yeah. Tiger and his son. That's kind of the one that, that would hit the, the front pages, but that, uh, which is also an interesting a part story, of why. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, my final shot is going to go to a baseball player that we will never get to see play. We'll never get to see if he makes the major leagues or even the little leagues. Uh, Jason Sparks at age eight died on November 23rd uh, from injury sustained in uh, the Christmas parade attack. I, I'll just play it. Only friends and loved ones said goodbye to an eight-year-old boy who died in the Waukesha parade tragedy. Jackson Sparks was the youngest of the six people killed when the driver of an SUV plowed through the Waukesha Christmas parade last month. Jackson's visitation and funeral took place tonight in McGuanico. Leaders at Brook Life Church say hundreds of people filled the church. Showing the support of our baseball team for him, I think it's going to mean a lot not only for us, but for the family, just to see how much support they really have. They've been grieving, and it's been a very hard process. So uh, prayers for that family. That is that is so difficult, but I did want to share this. Uh, this is the little boy. You see his, his face there. But there is a bat maker manufacturer that's selling custom bats that's going to benefit the family and just so show support after this heinous attack um, that's really not covered uh, adequately in in the news because of politics and and that's sad especially uh, when you think any death like this is such a tragedy so it's kind of a downer but i i think it's important for us to remember that this is a hard time of the year we talked about people losing people um we lost some folks in the sports realm um, we mentioned at least four people today it's a difficult time of the year for many people and um, that's where the Christmas season should be bringing us hope. And I thought that in the final two minutes, I would just ask our pastor and chaplain to just give us that hope that we can remember at Christmas time, especially for those who are experiencing loss. Well, I think there's no more difficult time when you've lost a loved one uh, than the holidays, because those are the times that you have made memories together and and are thinking of family and, and loved ones. And so I, this is the most difficult and challenging time of the year for those who have lost loved ones. But it's also um, the, the greatest season <clears throat> of hope in the entire year as well. Because as we know, Christmas celebrates the coming of the Messiah. And Jesus, the expectations of Messiah during the time of Christ, were that he was going to be this political deliverer and, and one who was going to save the people be politically from their correct <laughs> of the time. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, but he actually came uh, for a bigger purpose, and it wasn't just for the temporal, for for delivering us from our our temporary maladies that all of us face in this world. But he he came really 
to liberate us uh, forever uh, and, and to save us from ourselves and, and to give us the hope of eternal life. Because this life, as all of us know, as, as we, you pointed out, Michelle, it, it is short. And especially in these days of COVID, um, it's, it's very unpredictable. But we can always have the hope through Jesus Christ that we can have eternal life uh, to restore what was once broken and to give us uh, that hope for eternity. So um, Christmas is a time of hope and, and it is a, a tough time. And we need to remember uh, friends and family who have lost loved ones. Um, uh, but we also need to be reminded of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Exactly. And if you want questions answered about your God story, you can go to mymichellelive.com, contact us, email us. We will get back to you. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out today. Love my team. And we will catch you next week. For more fun, go to mymichellelive.com. Thank you.